Okay, I'm good. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Love Fruit Podcast. I'm excited today to be joined by a fantastic guest, Tom Avery, and we'll be getting into a conversation very soon. I would just like everyone to know, thank you very much for supporting the Love Fruit Podcast. Sorry for a little bit of a break. We hope to come back with more interviews. I'd like to let you all know that we have a festival in the UK called UK Fruit Fest. Uh, you can find more, more information at fruitfest.co.uk. If you're interested in finding out more about that, then you can head to the website or send us a message at info at fruitfest.co.uk for more information. Info at fruitfest.co.uk. Let me get to our guest today. Tom Avery is a lifetime athlete, tennis coach, and a sports nutritionist. His interest in health started at the age of 32. He read every book on alternative healthcare and diet that he could get his hands on. And although he made improvements to his health for years, he felt that something was missing. And it wasn't until at the age of 58 that Tom realized that a vegan diet is the one that we are designed for and is the most optimal. He still teaches and plays tennis and works out five times per week. He's also put together his information about the raw vegan lifestyle and the fruitandsport.com website and YouTube channel. And he has some plans and programs that people can follow the transitional vegan 30 love diet and the totally raw vegan 30 love diet. So you can check all that out, I believe, fruitandsport.com. But Tom, is there anything else you would like to say in introduction to yourself? Well, that was that was a good introduction, Ronnie. I, I like that. That was good. That's pretty much me, you know. Um, the other thing is, you know, I I'm a believer in creation. You know, that's that's a big part of my life, my relationship with God, and um, so I I uh, you know am quite active in that pursuit, spiritual pursuits. I just wanted to mention that. So my life is, fortunately for me, it's been sports, which, you know, are healthy. You know, I played everything in high school, played a little in college. And, uh, you know, I've been doing it my whole life. So I think you pretty much nailed it. And I, and, and things got better for me when I found my my wife over here <laughs> Joanne yeah hello Joanne hello how are you very yeah. good very good thank you for joining thank us as well yes thank you and Tom what I would generally ask people is that most people haven't been brought up on a vegan or a raw vegan diet and in fact you've mentioned that in your biography that you, it was not till 58 that you realized that so how were you brought up and what was your diet and lifestyle like at a young age? Oh, man, it was not healthy. Unbeknownst to my poor grandmother and my parents, uh, you know, I come from an Irish. My mother's Irish grandfather was born in Dublin. And for us, you know, it was like party was was a big part of our life, you know, partying. And I got into that, you know, and but we we didn't eat right either. You know what I mean? We we were eating all kinds of junk. Uh, you know, it was all fat, you know, <laughs> bacon and eggs for breakfast, hamburgers for lunch, 
pot roast for dinner. And that just went on for decades. And, uh, and that's actually how I got into uh, finding Dr. Graham's book. Because when I was 58, I could not raise my left shoulder to serve the ball in tennis. So I just went online and I found Doug and I read some stuff and I said, you know what, let me just try this, see if it works. I tried, I, I bought Doug's book, devoured the book. And then in one or two weeks, I knew I had found the ultimate diet. You know, everything started to loosen up and I had more energy. The, the biggest problem for me on the raw diet is, you know, I was always a thin person, even when I was eating all that fat. I mean, and um, so I, you know, I weighed like the most I ever weighed in my life. And I'm six feet was 160 pounds. And when I went on the raw diet, I went down to like 130. Right. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. But, you know, you got to be honest. You know, this your so-called muscle was just water retention and fat, you know, and basically the water retention keeps you alive, you know, because you, you don't get toxic overload. <laughs> but um, so uh, but now I'm back. I'm back up to over 140. <laughs> you know, I'm still light. I'm actually trying now to see. I'm trying to prove that a 74 year old can still put on muscle, you know, on a raw vegan diet. That's amazing. It's, it's working. It's working. It takes time, though, you know. And you, go ahead. You've always been into sports, but were you were you always were you healthy as a child? Did you have any health issues growing up? Yeah, yeah, I had I had issues. I'd get sick a lot, you know, a lot of colds, flus and stuff. And and nothing really too major besides, well, when I hit like the 40s and 50s, I had some really, uh, well, my shoulder locked up. But before that, I had serious digestive issues from all the fat, all the animal products I was eating. Um, hemorrhoids, really bad. Uh, I had what's called fissures, which are, oh, man. The worst nightmare. I mean, you got to lie down for two hours after you have a bowel movement, you know, so it was rough. And, you know, I had to take fiber every day just to keep the bowels moving. And then that was the other thing that a light bulb went off. As soon as I started on Doug's program, I mean, I'm pooping three times a day, <laughs> no problem, you know. So that was fantastic. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. How did you get into sports? Was that something always as a child you were doing or? Yeah, it was something I was brought up with. You know, I went to Catholic schools and, and uh, uh, started out. We played football, basketball, baseball, everything. We ran track, everything. And it was a big part of my life because I was always naturally fast. You know, I I was a good runner, and that was really my 
my main thing. I was quick. I was fast, you know, but that helps you in sports, any sport, you know? Yeah. I played one year of college basketball and, uh, I actually didn't get into tennis until late in life, but two years after I started playing the game, I was playing in a tournament in New York and I was in the final and I beat a teaching professional two years after I started playing. So the guy said to me, hey, you want to help me teach some of my students? And I said, sure. And that's how I got into teaching tennis. And I've been doing it ever since. That's amazing, Tom. Two years into learning tennis, you were, you beat the teacher. Yeah, a teaching pro. It wow. was not. It was not a you know an AT uh, associated tennis professionals tournament. Djokovic and those guys. No. But these guys, you know, teaching pros have to be good players because they've got to be able to at least beat their students. Most of them, anyway. You know. Wow. Wow. So, at what point for you did you start to? experiment with your diet were you always making little adjustments and changing over the years or did it all happen at once yeah it was over the years because when i started to read the books of uh norman walker you know bernard jensen uh people like that i was making changes and trying to do as best i could but um i don't know when it you know I got back in, we lived in Connecticut for a while, and this famous doctor was there in Connecticut, and he came out with the eat right for your type. Oh, yeah. You remember that? I tried that, and I did it, and that's when I ended up with hemorrhoids and fissures so bad. <laughs> I said, that's, I can't deal with this anymore, you know? So I kept trying different things over the years. You know, I think we tried to eat pretty healthy, you know, like. And combination of just, uh, pro, you know, animal products with vegetables or vegetables with uh, starches. Yeah. But yeah. not mixing starches with proteins. Right. We, we tried to get into food combining better, you know, and that helped. We cut out dairy, said no more ice cream. And I, I never ate desserts and stuff. I said, no, I don't, I don't need it. But I was eating, we were eating meat back then. But, um, you know, so it was kind of a gradual process. I was always searching, trying to find what really works. And were, were you both doing this together? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We got into it together. Because when I had that problem with the shoulder, you know, and I found Doug's book. I said, Joanne, we got to try this. And she was all on board with me. It was great. So, you know, we've been doing it ever since. Now, it hasn't been perfect ever, you know, ever since. But for the first four and a half, five years that we did it, we were strictly raw 80 10 10 to the T. And, you know, energy levels were great everything we went through a rough period joanne's mom died my two parents died now it's not an excuse but you're looking for comfort and freely was doing the raw till four and i i 
dabbled into, you know, some potatoes and rice and beans at night only, only at night. And, you know, all day breakfast, lunch was all fruit pretty much. And yeah, just fruit. And, um, you know, we did that for a while. And then, you know, just really in like the last six months, we've been totally raw again. And I, I hope I don't go back. I don't want to go back. <laughs> I want to stay raw. I, I feel you on that. Yeah. What do you mean? So, uh, well, how about we find out? How, how did you guys meet? Did you meet uh, at work or college or? Well, that's a, that's a, a funny kind of story. I had a roommate at the time. I had just gotten divorced from my first wife. And uh, this roommate I had and I, we were of the same religion, were Jehovah's Witnesses. And he was going to an assembly. And uh, he said, you want to go with me? I said, sure. So I went and uh, that's where I saw Joanne. <laughs> and he didn't even introduce me. And I said, what are you doing, man? Why didn't you introduce me? <laughs> anyway, I started to pursue her after that. And I met her brother and talked to him and said, you know, I, I was very proper about it. You know, I said, I'd, I'd like to date your sister. And he said, he gave me your number. And that was it. Oh, you know? great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you talked about uh, your shoulder was the first time that you actually went towards finding more information. You found Doug's book. And how, how did you make that connection? How did you find Doug's book? Because it's not necessarily the first one you would come across. Yeah. Well, you know, we were at, there's a, they ha used to have these franchises here in the States called Wild Oats. You ever heard of them? They used nope. to have, it was like Whole Foods, but they called it Wild Oats. And one, one day, Joanne and I were uh, in there getting a bite to eat and, uh, this young guy was sitting next to us and he had a big salad, you know, with, with pineapple on it. And I said, man, that looks good. And he started talking to us and he, he said, yeah, I'm, I'm following Dr. Doug Graham's, uh, his uh, diet. Uh, he wrote the book, uh, 80, 10, 10 diet. And he said, you haven't heard about it? I said, no, but that's when, you know, when I had the shoulder problems and I remembered that young guy that we had met. So I, I probably just hit into 801010 or Doug Graham and there was the book. I got the book and the rest is history. I just. You remember really the name at all, that young man? I'm sorry? You remember the name of the young man? No, I don't. No. I... He was, we never knew him from a hole in the wall. You know, we just, he was just sitting next to us. And we never saw him again, you know. Wow. But I think yeah. he was just visiting. Yeah, he might have just been a visitor to Naples. We get a lot of tourists here, a lot. Yeah. You were already living in Naples then. You didn't move to Florida after you started the fruit diet. No, no. Mm -hmm. But now we're into fruit trees. We have about 60 fruit trees. We've got 2.27 acres. Mm-hmm. And I've got like 
orange trees, mame sapote, sapadilla, uh, black sapote. Um, you know, we've got a lot of stuff. Guava, oranges, all different types of oranges, tons of mangoes, great mangoes, all on the property. And we also grow our own lettuces. Pineapple. Pineapples, we grow pineapples. Yeah, mulberry. How long have the trees been growing for? Well, the mangoes, the longest, they're prolific. We get a lot of mangoes and the oranges are good. We've, we've had those the longest. And some of the other ones we've just had, we're just starting to get fruit. Sugar apple, you know, the cherimoyas, the atomoyas, um, those kind of things. So Lychee. it's great. Lychee. Lychee, we got lychees. Could you give an idea of how much fruit is coming off, like the trees you have that are the most abundant? What was it? Was it? Do you have an idea of the kind of quantity? Oh man! Like in in a good mango season, some of our, we'll have hundreds and hundreds, five hundred to a thousand mangoes. Yeah, you know, which wow. we which we give away. Um, you know. Or we eat them ourselves. We eat a lot. We eat a lot. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. See, I don't think people realize how abundant these trees can be, even one or two trees. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Um, so the transition to this diet, how did that go for you? Did you do it overnight? Did you take time with it? Did you have any help from anyone? How did you approach it? See, for me, it's always like if I have the right point to go to, I do it overnight. Boom. I just went overnight and never looked back. Um, as soon as I experienced that first week or two, there was no way I would ever go back. You know? Yeah. I And as far as help, occasionally I would maybe ask Doug a question through email or something. And, uh, you know, that was it because he was the only one that we really knew who was doing it. Um, so. Have you been able to meet anyone else in real life that's doing the 8 10 10 diet? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We have one other gal here in town who was doing it. And she went off also. She was eating some cooked stuff. That's it's so addictive. You have to stay away from it, you know. And uh she's, you know, I think she goes, my my son, who's kind of a comedic type person, he said, Yeah, when you're eating raw, you feel great. Then you go on to some cooked and you feel lousy. He says, you go in and out of suffering. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and eventually, see, you learn. Eventually, you learn. I don't want to go to the suffering anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's not huge. I remember Doug did a podcast recently with Rip Esselstyn. Remember that one? Mm -hmm. And he said uh, Rip has a B minus. He gave B, uh, Rip a B minus for health. You know, so B minus in in like the United States is like incredibly good yeah 
you know what I mean? But um, raw is another level. It's another level of energy, clarity of mind, and uh, just, you know, what else could you say? It's it's just the best. Yeah. yeah. It, it improves your mood. Yeah. Your mood has yeah. definitely improved. Yeah, my mood's gotten better. Yeah. What have been your what were your challenges in that transitional time? Well, you know, when you when you're with friends, you know, or you go out to eat, it's like anything, or they invite you over. And they, you know, make things for you or whatever. I would tell people, you know, all I need is a big salad. That's all. And I'll bring my own salad dressing. But uh, sometimes you just get, you know, you want to really uh, kind of numb out, I guess. <laughs> you know, the thing is, I grew up as a partier. So I know that feeling, you know, of just <laughs> oh, forgetting everything, you know. And uh but once you fall into it, it's like it becomes a habit again, you know, and, you know, but I basically I, I don't drink anymore. Uh, you know, back in the, when I went raw, you know, the, in, when I was 58, I said, that's it. No, no, I don't need booze anymore, you know, and uh, so. And that's been good till now, you know, I just not interested mm -hmm. you feel so good it's like why why do that <laughs> so how how quickly did you start to notice notice benefits to the with the new diet and what were the benefits that you noticed well right away it's just the clarity the energy levels you feel like working out you know you feel like doing the extra mile whatever you want to call it you know um and just in our property here you know since we've been on this diet we've gone crazy with the fruit trees we've you know learned about gardening techniques composting um so it's a constant learning thing it's good yeah yeah excellent excellent um and what would be a typical day be like for you now with 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 your raw vegan diet? Okay. Um, well, now we're going into we're in orange season here in Florida. It's cut. It's just trickling in now. We're getting the Hamlin oranges, the Valencia oranges, and so let's say Joanne, for instance, likes to do her exercise right away in the morning. When she gets up, she does trampolines, stretching, and she does weights. And walking. And walking. And like with me, I, I, if I have lessons, see, I have a tennis court on the property here that we, that we built, we had built. And um, so I'll have, I may have students that come here in the morning. So if I have students coming at say eight or nine o'clock in the morning i'll have something i'll have usually i'll have oj up to 32 ounces fresh squeezed um 
or if I don't have the oranges, if it's a little off season, I'll have uh, a homemade lemonade or limeade in the morning. And, and maybe even a little fruit, it all depends, you know, I could have, a, you know, some bananas, or something else like we, we got some really nice persimmons a couple of weeks ago, and we still have a lot left. So, you know, I'll have some of that in the morning. And grapefruits, grapefruits are good. Um, and then after the morning, see what I like to do, if I have lessons, or maybe before the lesson, if the lesson is at 10, 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, I'll do a quick workout, either before the lesson or after. My workouts take anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, and it's mainly uh, strength. It's it's. I'm trying to put on some weight. I'm trying to you know put on maybe 10 pounds of muscle, and um, you know which takes time and persistence. So you know I may. I do weights, but the key, I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy on YouTube. Have you heard of ATG? No. Knees over toes guy? Yes. That's him, ATG, knees over toes guy. I follow his protocol because you not only strengthen, you lengthen. Because if you don't, have lengthening of the muscle you're eventually going to get injured you know you've got to like a, like for instance a split squat a split squat is one of the best exercises you can possibly do and you can do it loaded you know you can use dumbbells or put a weight on your back and you know it's tremendous exercise but you're not only strengthening you're lengthening which is so important mm -hmm. So I'll do that. And then lunch is usually the biggest meal of the day, probably anywhere from, you know, 1,200, 1,500 calories, just a huge fruit bowl, huge fruit bowl. And, uh, and then dinner is, you know, just what Doug recommends, you know, a soup or some orange juice to start off, let's say, or some kind of fruit some couple of persimmons or whatever, you know, three or 400 calories, 300, 400, something like that. And then um, big salad. And the hardest part for me, <laughs> I still crave my fats. So it's like, I want fat dressing every night. You know? <laughs> and uh, um, so, you know, I try and do it. What I'll do sometimes I'll just, save the dressing for every second or third day mm -hmm. and just eat a lot more fruit for dinner you know right. and you know something like that yeah so you follow the 8 10 10 quite quite strictly then yes yeah i think it works the best mm -hmm. yeah so let's let's talk about that a little bit because some people seem to want to increase the fat they they want to try and play around with that and yeah work uh i personally stick with the lower fat i think it's the best way but 
for you, have you experimented with both and what have you seen with that? Well, like Doug says, and it's it's certainly true with me, when I eat fat, I my digestion slows down a little bit. You know, it slows down and you know, I always think of this, Ronnie. I was 58 years of eating pot roast and scrambled eggs and bacon. And I don't know how soon you, I mean, they say everything's new every seven years, you know, but uh, I still think to a certain extent, you know, you're still kind of detoxing, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and we're constantly detoxing, you know, all the time. Mm -hmm. But uh, how about you? So, you know, one of Doug's uh, main guys that Tim Trader, mm -hmm. he was up to, he said he was doing 15% fat. And, uh, you know, so maybe that works for some people, you know. Yeah, so I, 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 what I, I remember when I got into the raw vegan diet, it was about the time after the 801010 had come out. So I essentially always heard about the low fat raw vegan diet. That's what I've mostly seen and followed. Yeah. And the, as far as I can see, the reason for that is there was such a history that Doug had seen of people failing with a high fat diet and trying to make a high fat diet work or or not even realizing they were eating a high fat diet and it just wasn't working for people and they weren't feeling right and it wasn't getting the result they wanted mm -hmm. and so when he put this book out it was like all of a sudden lots of people tried it and went oh this this makes sense and this works mm -hmm. and i think we shouldn't forget that so some people want to for whatever reason they want to say oh no it's 10 10 it's too low i like this or this or 20 20 percent i think it's uh and i've seen people who still have olive oil in their diet i've seen raw foodists who have had for example who still have or have uh, heart issues like oh. um wow. congested you know arteries yeah. and they still what they won't give up the olive oil and they won't give up the fats and they won't give up the nut. And you're like, when are you going to get the message? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. It's, and it's, it's that powerful in a sense of they're, they're eating all raw food, but if you eat high fat, it doesn't, you're still going to have problems. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I totally agree. I think fat is the biggest problem the human race has eating too much. You know, yeah, I've I've always something I've because I, I think it's interesting in diet and in health circles, people focus on so many different things, and for some people they focus on, um, you know, cutting out sugar or intermittent fasting or is it organic or not? Is it local or not? Is it environmentally right? Is it there's so many factors that people could focus on and the supplements they take and all these things. And I definitely think that low fat diet is one is it 
if anything is worth focusing on, that's worth focusing on. And the the amount that you're eating, if if most people could f could focus on those two things, how many calories are you eating, and how much fat are you eating? So if, if everyone could have ate a healthier amount <laughs> and ate a proportionately healthier amount of fat, I feel like that would solve an awful lot of problems straight away. And yet everyone's focusing on all this other weird stuff. Yes, I totally agree with what you just said. That's so true. So true. <laughs> yes. Deposits in, in the joints. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I... I I guess I guess you've done a lot of the research and the you seem like someone who's done a lot of research and learning. I mean, I feel like education is quite an important part of this. It is absolutely lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. I you know, the, just the thought, the idea of getting, you know, the majority of your calories from fruit is so foreign. <laughs> It's so foreign to people, they, they just can't, comp they can't comprehend it. It's so simple, but they don't get it. Because, and, and you know, for some people, it's very difficult because they're in an area where it's hard to get a ripe banana, you know, or, you know, they live, you know, look at these people that are in Alaska. They're not getting a whole lot of fresh fruit up there, you know, so it's difficult. It can be done, though. It can be done. I'm not saying you can't do it. Uh -huh. It can be done. And even even there's raw foodists and raw vegans that can't that still can't eat enough fruit or can't imagine or still have issues with eating enough fruit and, and things like that. So that's that's a shame. Some raw. Oh, oh yes, yeah, yeah. some yeah yeah. And yeah. they concentrate on vegetables. <laughs> yes they do yeah well that's the hippocrates what do you Before think about that have you come across hippocrates you, you, yes I meet, too people, far. I meet people and they say oh i'm on i'm following the hippocrates diet <laughs> and, and they gravitate towards fats sure. all they want is avocados and gourmet you know vegan dishes yeah and, and then with those you get the salt and all the other stuff, the vinegars that you don't want, and you and you never feel satisfied. You know, no. you eat all the fat you like. You never quite feel like you. That's true. Still missing something. You're yes. Missing something. That's why they want the dessert, right? Yeah, they want they want the chocolate cake. <laughs> Joanne, is your typical day similar to Tom's? Yeah, I. I like to start off with um, exercise, but um, it doesn't always work because sometimes we have to get going very early in the morning. And um, so I try, since it's kind of warm in this climate here, I like to get my exercise done early in the morning when it's not so hot. And sometimes I can uh, do the walk later in the day if I don't have time to get it done in the morning. But I really like starting off with um, some warm lemon juice, some warm water. It's kind of like tea um, temperature and lemon 
and I think that helps my my system. And then I'll go for the uh, orange or grapefruit juice, and later on the fruit, bananas. It's quite similar then. Yes, and then and then we have the salad at night. Yeah, it's really great that you guys could do that together. Yes. Oh man, it is. It, it is. really is. Yeah. Um. So I used to. It's funny you were talking about people not imagining about how much fruit you can eat and everything. And I've ran a number of different fruit lucks and potlucks and invited people over, and I I bought all the fruit and put it out. And sometimes it would be so funny that even people that were coming to what they knew was a, a raw food gathering, um, I would sit all this fruit out and they would just sit there looking at it and it was like they didn't know, what, you know. And I would think, why isn't why are people eating? And right. They would just sit and look at it. And, and then sometimes I would try and encourage people to eat. And then someone would say, I've got some chocolate. I've got some <laughs> chocolate. And everyone would be like, oh, yeah, 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 I'll take some chocolate. I'll take some chocolate. <laughs> oh, and, man. And then you had to go, then you had to turn the, uh, you know, go and get some banana ice cream and make some ice cream. And then people got that. Okay, yeah, ice cream, yeah. chocolate. That makes sense. <laughs> That's what we do with a lot of our friends. I'll make them chocolate ice cream. Personally, I don't use chocolate. I, I give it to them because I know that's what they want. But um, I usually use carob. We get carob. Oh, yeah. carob. Yeah, it's good. And uh, yeah, that's, and then what else? We give them salads and we give them some of our homemade dressings. And, you know, for a while there, when we were eating the starches, you know, we'd have rice and beans or maybe some sweet potatoes, potatoes, whatever, you know, but. Uh, yeah. What, what are some mistakes that you see people making? I guess you've you've helped people and you've talked to people and you put out videos. I'm sure you watch other ones. And what do um, you think are mistakes that people make on this journey? I think the number one mistake is they're not getting the point. You've got to eat fruit for the bulk of your calories and you have to eat more fruit. You have to get your stomach to expand a little bit and keep taking it. And every time you eat, like Doug says, try and just eat a little bit more, just eat a little bit more. Yeah. So your stomach can expand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once you get used to, that stomach expanding and you know you can eat more watermelon you can eat more bananas and uh then everything kind of starts to fall into place you feel good you're getting enough calories your digestion's great everything's working i think that's the biggest mistake they don't mm -hmm. eat enough mm -hmm. and they don't they keep gravitating towards the fats or the starches that comes up, that comes up a lot when I ask people. They say people don't eat enough calories and don't yeah. eat enough fruit. Yeah. yeah, and some people are looking at all the individual minerals and vitamins in different foods, so they're stumbling over what it contains rather than combining it with a variety of other foods. And yeah. 
that's and a really that's yeah, that's an important point, Joanne. That and that's the other thing is, as you're saying, like there's a big culture of people approaching nutrition as why do I eat this fruit? Why do I eat that vegetable? What what do I get for this? What's that one for? As if you're piecing together a jigsaw puzzle of a diet, having this these nutrients from this food, these nutrients from this food, these nutrients from the other food, and try to kind of piece it all together. And if you don't get enough, you have to go and eat this other food and you have to supplement if you don't get enough of that. And and it's it's not the way that we look at it, I feel, from the way that you're seem to be that, that you don't look at ingestion like that no 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 if you eat seasonally right the, the fruits that are in season you're going to get everything you want right you'll get all the nutrients you need fantastic fantastic make sure you include the leafy greens um they're important what would be some tips you have in terms of as, as a sports nutritionist in terms of maximizing sports performance how do you approach that in terms of nutrition um, when it comes to you wanting to perform at your best are you eating right beforehand are you limiting what you eat beforehand how do you plan that all out uh, if, for instance if I had to play you know a serious tennis match um I would I would eat, you know, my meal. Let's say I had a breakfast or something. I I would eat three hours before I have to play that match. But then I would have with me um, some kind of juice, watermelon juice, maybe some orange juice and water, and maybe a few bananas, <clears throat> you know, that I might need during that match. You know, Gatorade. I mean, Gatorade. Gatorade. Yeah, you've heard of that, right? Gatorade. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. Something like that. Um, but you look at even like the top tennis player now, Djokovic. Mm -hmm. He's big on fruits. Oh yeah, he's very big on fruits. Um, I don't know. You know who knows what his exact diet is does he eat some salmon once in a while or whatever but you've got to realize that these guys are young number one well he's getting old now but most of these guys are 35 and less and they're working out they're playing they're training three four five hours a day they're burning everything they eat wow you know, so it's like they don't have to eat perfect. I mean, you know, they could have some, when I say perfect, <laughs> I don't know, maybe they had some salmon or some rice and beans or some potatoes. That's not going to affect their performance too much, I don't personally think, all right? But if they could get enough fruit, and eat that i think their performance might even be better mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. absolutely yeah yeah um, especially mentally right <laughs> you know? it really does affect you mentally you're, yeah you're yeah. more patient um there's a lot of changes within our thinking our body yeah. from switching over to raw fruits right. I think it's 
maybe is one of the most serious parts of it as well, because I think that it's easy to forget, you know, when everyone else is eating a different way, it's easy to forget how significant it is, the impact that that diet has had, because it's easy to kind of go, well, most people seem okay, or they, they're, they're mm -hmm. getting on okay, or whatever, you know, a lot of people feel like that, and people get to quite a high age, and these kind of things, um, but there's a lot more going on, and people are often hiding a lot that's going on with their health. They don't publicly come out and say they've had this problem and this problem and this uh, surgery and this procedure and, you know, and, and they're on these medications. Yes. Uh, so we, we, we see that. Um, and what's amazing to me is, for example, I was thinking about the, the, the mental side of it. There was a prison population there was a prison study i'm sure you might have heard of it where they put them on a vegan diet in the prison and they kept a track of these guys a bunch of guys that they put on a vegan diet they left prison and the the likelihood of them coming back to prison was way way less mm -hmm. than the other prisoners that left yeah. at the same time and just continued with the same diet with and I think that even when they changed the diet, their behavior within the prison changed. Mm -hmm. and yes. The question is, if that is the case, why didn't they do that across all prisons straight away? You know, if it made that much of an impact. I, but um that makes me go down a path where I'm thinking, how many people are potentially violent, aggressive, criminal behavior, psychotic? mentally unhealthy and purely because of a sensitivity they have diet wise potentially um not to mention the amount of people that are disabled obese um dementia alzheimer's you know all the stuff that goes on with a bad diet and i, I just sometimes i just have to re-remember how important this information is and how impactful it is yeah yeah. yeah, that's true, Ronnie. I've heard stories where people come out of depression. Uh -huh. I mean, just in their room, in the dark, there's they don't want to see anybody do anything. And they start eating fruit and they come out of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I was interested, you said earlier on about your connection with the, I think you called it creation. And yes. Was that impacted at all? Does that does that does this diet fit in line with your philosophies around that? Did you some people talk yes, about a better connection sometimes? It does. It does a hundred percent because you know we're believers in the Bible, and in Genesis chapter one, that's the food that God gave, mm -hmm. and a lot of people see we don't believe that Adam and Eve were just myths. They were real people created just like we are now. And <clears throat> that God gave them fruits. Right. Now, there's a lot of people that are also Bible readers, and they will say, yeah, yeah, God gave them fruits in the beginning. But then when Noah 
came out of the ark, God said, you can eat meat. But the amazing thing that we find so interesting is that when God gave Adam and Eve fruits, he said it was very good. <laughs> he said it was he said it was very good. But when he gave Noah animals, he said, I'll let you eat them. <laughs> and the reason he said that in our belief, now this is speculation, okay? But God knew that there would be people that would gravitate to the North Pole and the South Pole. You're not going to get fruit there. Yeah. The, es the Eskimos have to live off fish and whatever they get. But they live only to 50 or 60 years and they die from heart disease and diabetes. So it goes along with the Bible perfectly that yeah. this, is our, this is the food we're designed for, fruit. And it's still the best food for us. I, I, I mean, I feel a sense that, you know, with the fruit diet, it's like a step back towards paradise. Yes, 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 that's exactly yes. what it is. Like a slow, like it's we're it's not taking over the world right yet, but it feels like this will the consciousness about this will start to really get out there. Yeah. Yes, and the, I mean the fact that, for example, that you have two acres of land and you have sixty trees, you'll probably have enough more fruit than you need you know in a very short space of time and i think you said you might already have that and yeah. just that just the fact that how many people could do that and that would change how people live how people you know the food supply situation and uh, global food shortage problems and things like that and there's, there's so many places in the world that seem to have food shortages and things and they have good weather for fruit for growing fruit you know but they but they're trying to grow other crops and stuff and sometimes those crops fail and and uh yes you you just think this this is a solution that's what i love about the fruit diet is that we're not here just complaining about the world we're here with a solution to so many of the the, the problems of the world it does solve problems individually um it can solve people's problems because they become like i know i've changed you know just because of the diet it's helped me change yeah. my personality for the better you know and like you say look what look what it did with prisoners you know yeah and and we grow our own lettuces and yeah herbs uh you know parsley mint Dill, dill, dill yeah. 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 Let, let me ask you, um, when did you start putting the information out there? You've made some great videos. You've had a lot of attention. From your I, I, I started, you know, not long after I read Doug's book, maybe a couple of years or so into it, I started making videos. And uh, I used to call it rawfoodchamp.com. And and then uh, then it was veganlogic.com for a while or .org and then now it's fruit and sport. 
I like fruit and sport because um, fruit is the key. And if you're an athlete, if you want to improve your performance, go for fruit. You know, so, and uh, I, I got, I copied Doug big time. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of food yeah. and sport, fruit and sport, yeah. It's a nod to him, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you've got some, I believe you've written some programs. I don't know if you've got a book, but you've got information. And how how do you go about, do you help people? Do you work with people? And how can people but get just, from you? To be honest with you, most of my friends, the, the meat eaters and stuff, they, they don't really want to go there. A lot of my friends, okay, they... They're not that interested, but things may change because, you know, a lot of my friends are on medications, they're getting surgeries and all this stuff. And I'm on no, we're on no medications. Neither of us have had surgeries and we're getting up there. I'm 74, Joanne's 67. And, you know, I think the example is the best. And, mm. you know, and from the example, they may start asking us questions. How do you do it? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, have you guys looked at or considered the Woodstock Festival that's moved to uh, Homestead now? Oh, oh, it's in Homestead now? Wow. Really? Yeah, they've, they've moved it to Homestead, Florida. And is, is Michael Arnstein still involved? No. I believe Michael Arstein is no longer involved as far as I'm as far as I understand. Is he still vegan though? I mean You know, I don't I, I don't know much about what what yeah. he eats. So who's, who's so who's running it now, Ron? The festival was the festival was really always run by a lady called Yulia Yakontova. And oh. she uh, originally from Russian, but she lived in New York. And when Mike was getting into the Proterian diet. She was the she was one of the other people in New York that he met that was doing it, and they came up with the idea to do the festival. And um, you know, I think he he played a huge part in uh, financing it and getting the idea together and and pushing it. But I think Yulia has always been the main person that's been running the day to day uh, sort of aspect. Yeah, I still I still get emails from Yulia. Right. So she uh, she's the person and, and Jeanette as well uh, Miss Fit Vegan online Jeanette D'Onofrio she plays a, a big role in this there's a few people that work work on it I think yeah does Doug go to that one in Homestead um I don't they've not said anything about that yet um as far as I know as far as I know at the moment I don't think so but they've not really announced any of their speakers I think apart from uh they mentioned Aris Latham, who is apparently going. So I don't know uh, any of the other speakers. But Doug was previously a part of Woodstock years ago. Yeah. Are you going to Homestead? I'm, I've got a ticket. Yeah. Oh, I think wow. it may be sold out. It may be. I'm not I'm not 100% sure. But. And what are the dates on it? It's, uh, it's like the, the 24th. January to the 31st or something like that, like the last week of January, yeah. a few months away. Yeah. But you know, uh, we, we have not been to one of those festivals. <laughs> but someday, 
I'd like to go to the UK food festival. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, you think of it that I, I went to the Woodstock Festival in New York uh, 10 times. I went yeah. 10 times and they had great tennis courts there and this is where you were you, yeah, yeah you were, we, missed, we missed you we could have got some tennis lessons from you and stuff yeah um actually yeah. actually a, a professional player that used to work with me um i introduced her to veganism and she went crazy on it because she had her feet were really hurting and as soon as she went vegan all her pain went away. She was playing professionally on the tour and she went to the Woodstock Fruit Festival, Stephanie Tyler. And she had a crush on she had a crush on Ted Carr. <laughs> oh my God. I I I believe I completely know who you're talking about. Really, oh, Stephanie? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I I definitely have a picture in my mind of who that was. She's um, she's now she's now back in Switzerland. That's right. She got she got married. She has a little baby boy, and she has her own little tennis academy. Right. Yeah. She's on my website, Stephanie. Uh huh. Uh -huh. She's one of the testimonials. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was just yes, yeah. I'm just looked up her picture. I could, yeah. I totally, I totally remember her. Yeah, yeah. yeah I totally remember her. Yeah, um, and I'm sure she's happy for you to have shared uh, to to have shared about her crush on Ted Carr as well. That'll be funny. Yeah, she, she <laughs> yeah, she got into it right away. She took off like a rocket with it. Yeah, I rem I completely remember her at the at the festival. Yeah. yeah, and then she went to Hawaii, Hawaii for where, a while. Where mm -hmm. was yeah. I don't know if he's she used there. to run fifty mile races and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was what was great about Woodstock. It's funny because I think in the early days of Woodstock, you you, you were talking about Harley and Freely and yeah. and Doug Graham, and they were all the very fitness activity based side of the raw vegan diet. So the festival had a lot of these athletes, and it was yeah. it was just it was this amazing gathering of like these really high level athletes coming together and running together, and it was it was amazing to see that. I'm not a very high level athlete, so. I was inspired by it and I was sitting with these guys thinking wow they're running marathons and triathlons and ultra marathons and they were yeah. champions and this guy's going to the Olympics and it was it was a, a amazing kind of amazing kind of place and I I I ran the the marathon there one year they have a Woodstock marathon or they used to when Michael's oh. part of it and it was just a trail around the into the forest and back out and round part of the festival camp and i ended up running 22 22 miles wow and i'd never i didn't have any training i wasn't a, a runner i just wanted to see how far could i go with this diet you know and and i was and i was just kept going and you know i think it takes a it takes some of the limits off yeah so people, people can do more than they think there's a lot of people i know who have done a lot of running and they think uh, maybe I'll do a half marathon soon or maybe I'll do a 10k and I'm and I'm thinking you're probably able to do much more than that if you really wanted to but um but the amazing thing with this diet was I didn't have any uh like recovery really like the next day I wasn't in pain or wasn't it was amazing <laughs> it was yeah. that, that is amazing yeah. amazing
Um, yeah. But funnily enough, over the years, the raw vegan community has a little bit lost some of those voices and has became more towards this detox and you know spirituality detox let's just sit and do nothing and chill out and um and not eat enough and you know <laughs> all that kind of stuff so see what you're saying yeah 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 detox has become quite a big thing but um so tom where can people find you and learn more from you and get into yeah, basically, either a, you know fruit and sport youtube channel or the fruit and sport uh, website yeah those two places excellent excellent my tennis channel if anybody's interested in tennis it's tom avery tennis on youtube and um what, what are some of your do you have any plans for the future uh there are big plans <laughs> we uh we want to travel a little bit more you know like um that's why i'd like to go to the uk fruit festival i have a friend there in england as well and um you're in scotland right ronnie i live in scotland yes yeah. oh yes and we have a friend who's from there right um it's just uh tracer Fraser, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, my grandmother, her name was Ramsey. Oh, she, wow, she was Scottish, yeah, and uh, yeah, I'd like to go there too, Ireland, Scotland, you know, different places like that. Um, but uh, and we want to go to Puerto Rico for sure, it's it's so close, you know, it's so close to us, yeah. Have you been to Costa Rica? No, that's one place I've never been. Yeah. Yeah, we have. Ecuador or Colombia? I've been to Ecuador. I went yeah. to the, the Amazon Fruit Festival. Wow. Oh, nice. In Ecuador, which is a place called Terra Frutis, which is a, a place where some land has been purchased and they have plots of land for people that want to do a vegan fruit-based diet. So a lot of people are growing fruit there and the festival is 100% raw vegan and they grow a lot of the fruit. They pick a lot of the fruit each day. And uh, it was a, a, a great place. Yeah. And, and I would, I'd recommend people check it out and the festival itself. Um, it's a, the climate is wonderful. You know, it's a very nice climate. Um, great people, very trustworthy people in a good place. I think they, are still trying to get more people there. They want to get more of a community. So people are slowly starting to buy places there and build houses and things. So that'll be interesting to watch how that goes. Um, and what what country is that in again? Ron? That's in Ecuador. In Ecuador. Yeah. Yeah. It's a you know it's quite it's quite far out there. <laughs> it's yeah. quite far out, but but they they found a. I think they wanted to find a place where it was if if you were from the US you could buy land and own it and and have your own land and everything and you could get a visa easily to stay there and uh, you know the climate was right and the political situation was peaceful enough and all these yeah. things so they've they've found this place there's people from 
the UK living there, from Europe, from uh, America, from I think from all over really have found this place. Does UK run that one also? What? Uh, no, no. Um, that's uh, that's kind of a cooperative of of people that are there. It was it was a guy called Jason who we used to go to Woodstock, and there was uh, another another guy called Jay that helped to buy the land, I think, and. And Peter, I've I've interviewed a few of these people on the channel. Um, Peter was an is a influential figure there, and there's a, there's a lot of great people there. Charlotte from the UK who went to the UK Fruit Fest, she's she's great as well. She's she ran the festival and stuff. She's fantastic. So a lot of uh, interesting people there. I've never been. I've I've been in Colombia at the airport, but I didn't really spend time there. I did spend time in Mexico. It was supremely hot. <laughs> although, I, although I would say I think Texas was hotter than Mexico in my experience, but um, both hot places. But I've I've been a lot. I've been to a lot of the different fruit festivals. That's why I've been to some of these places. Yeah. Uh, and I've been out to Thailand and oh. Vietnam and um, nice uh, different parts of Europe and uh, Florida. I think I've been a couple of times. So. I I I I've enjoyed it a lot. I really enjoy this community of people, and I've I've found it worth my while to yeah. go to go to where the fruit is and where the where the fruit people are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, I wanted to say too, I like your guitar playing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. You're very good. Yeah. Are you guys musical? I play a little bit, but I'm not like on your level. Um, <laughs> I uh. <clears throat> I'm just a chord guy, you know. Right, right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, at some of these events, I've occasionally done a songwriting workshop, got people together. Yeah, and, and yeah. yeah I saw. I was watching today. You you were playing at the Woodstock Fruit Festival, and the girl was playing on the uh, picnic table. Oh yeah, she was playing, and the girl was singing, and you were singing. The girl was belting it out she was doing a good job and you were good doing a great job on guitar i think that was april maybe april electra and we used to play together quite a lot at woodstock and uh she was from new york or living in new york yeah uh, but we kind of fell out because she became uh, like non-binary and no, no. have you heard of that like, so I don't know how she identifies now, but she identified as not male or female. She was non-binary, oh, yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I maybe was, I don't know, maybe I said something wrong or or something. I don't know, but she fell out with me anyway. Uh, but um, no, I've loved. I, I, I'm a, music was like one of my first loves. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, I could tell. No, you're good. Um, Thank you. Is Colin, isn't Colin Hay from Scotland? No, he's Australian. Yeah, well, they, no, that's right. They were. He was born in, I think, Kilwinning in Scotland and then moved to Australia at a young age. And so that's he's, a, always, he's always been one of my favorites. Yeah, similar to uh, ACDC as well. Uh, two of them were Scottish but moved to Australia for some reason. Uh, and um, Keith Jarrett, wasn't he? 
Remember him, the piano player, Keith Jarrett? I've heard the name. I need to check who that is. Is that his country music? No, no. He was like jazz. Um, I think I think he's from Scotland. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Maybe not. Maybe he's not from Scotland. I might be confused. But um, yeah. And then you got uh, the Proclaimers. <laughs> it's, right? Yeah, it's funny. You never quite know uh what music over here do people know in the u.s uh so i i wouldn't even realize you would know the who the proclaimers were but oh yeah yeah 500 miles great tone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so they're they were the first band i really was aware of as, as, a, as a young maybe i was three years old or four years old and i was a fan of the proclaimers at a very young age wow yeah very young. Yeah. Very young. Yeah, yeah. Wow. The first bands I remember being aware of. Wow. Anyway, guys, I, I want to just say thank you for your time. And it's been a very enjoyable chat. And I think very informative for the audience. I think you've said a lot of things that make a lot of sense and are wise and will help people. Um, is there anything else you want to share before we finish off? Yeah, maybe after. <laughs> but, well, the thing is, I was born and raised in Holland, and I actually have a French background, mm -hmm. but um, I have artists in my family uh, in the 1800s, and I know you're, you're young <laughs> compared to these people from the 1800s, but you look so similar to my relatives. It's unbelievable. Oh. It's, it's almost as if I'm seeing my great-grandfather as a young person. Wow. It's amazing. The, the mustache, the shape of your head, um, it's amazing. Wow. You look so much like my relatives, and there's a big bust made of him, and that's why I can always look at it. I need to see the pictures. I need to, that'd be amazing. Oh, we can, we can email can to you. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see that. I'd love right. to see that. You know, once there was um, a beer and it was called Old Jock Ale. And uh, I had a bit of a longer beard at the time. And I swear this beer had this character on it, I guess, Old Jock. And it was it was like my face. It was so funny. <laughs> And the the beard, it was like it was just so strangely similar. And I had to, I thought like I should get, you know, royalties or something, or like I should I should sue them for using my image. Yeah. Um, I guess some merchandise at least or something. Yeah. Um, no, thank. Well, I'd love to see that. That's that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I just want to say thank you guys, and I I encourage the audience to check out Fruit and Sport com and there's not that many people in the raw food world that i can really send people towards and say you know this is a good source this person knows what they're doing but i think tom and and now i've learned joanne really know what they're doing and have great ideas and information so fruit and sport youtube and the website and check out what they're doing and i want to thank everyone for watching and viewing please do share this share this with others if you have any feedback for us, you can send an email to info at fruitfest.co.uk. And you might want to check out the festival in the UK. In this 
if you're listening to this in uh, the year 2023 or 2024, we have a festival from the 26th of July to the 2nd of August that takes place in Dunfield House, Herefordshire in England. You can get more information at fruitfest.co.uk or you can send me an email and I'll let you know more about that. Uh, thank you everyone for watching and listening. I'll see you in another episode of the Love Fruit podcast. Thank you Thank so you, much, Ronnie. Ronnie. Thanks Thank a you. lot. Man. Yeah. <laughs>